afternoon. Hope it's sunny where you are. It is where we are currently. Um, I'm going to talk to you today about living with a death sentence. Very cheerful for Friday afternoon and I'm sure it's going to um, set the bar for the weekend, all this cheerful merry talk. Obviously coming from me, it's not going to be that dark because I'm not in, I'm not about that. Um, but I'm just going to talk to you a bit about it. Um, so my death sentence is what we're going to talk about first. Ooh. Um, so basically in 2015, I was told I had inflammatory breast cancer at the age of 32 whilst 13 weeks pregnant. Uh, not in my life's plan, obviously, very bloody scary. Um, and inflammatory breast cancer comes with a two to five year prognosis, five years being the absolute ultimate goal, two years being not the ultimate goal. Um, and inflammatory breast cancer is always stage three or four upon diagnosis. Um, it's extremely aggressive. Um, and is not one of the ones that you want to get if you're going to go to cancer land. Um, how I sort of dealt with that in the sense of what my death sentence was, was I made myself aware of the fact that a lot of these statistics were, I guess, a little old um, and based on the average person. And actually, in the UK, a lot of our statistics come were coming from America. Thank you to America for your amazing statistics. And um, there's a lot more research there. Um, but because there's a sort of a delay and, you know, there's just that sort of it's never an accurate machine. If you put in your information, and computer says you're going to die on the 10th of October 2022 or something. Um, but having two to five year prognosis at the age of 32 is pretty bloody scary. So how did I deal with it at the time? Well, um, I focused on my pregnancy, to be honest. That's the first thing that I did. Um, that is kind of what kept my mind occupied and also had a one and a two year old to look after as well. Um, so I tried to go through the motions of pregnancy as I had with the boys before. So going to my appointments and, you know, everything's fine, everything's fine. You know, I've got all those milestones to focus on and, and that kind of thing. Um, and that's what kept me going initially. Um, and I had chemotherapy whilst I was pregnant um which was interesting um and unusual um but it was something else to focus on even the chemotherapy itself was something to focus on like you have appointments it's a structure somebody's making you put one foot in front of the other mostly the children um but the general day-to-day -day, um and so even when I was balding and my hair was blowing down Portishead High Street that kind of thing I wasn't overly worried about it because I was focusing on the pregnancy and not so much the fact that um, if the worst were to happen I, at that point, because the delay in my diagnosis, I could have potentially only had of a, about um, a year to live at that point, which is is frightening. Um, so what really I was doing was I was taking control of the things that I could and letting go of the things that I couldn't. There wasn't anything else I could do differently other than um, having the chemotherapy focusing on what I was doing and trying not to not too much dwell on you know well, what if I do die and what if this happens and well I couldn't control that so I kind of just had to let it go um and obviously that was a long time ago that was um you know we're in 2021 now and that was in 2015 and I am a bit of an enigma, an enigma in the sense that I have hugely outlived my prognosis because my cancer, as it turns out, was stage four and incurable because it had spread to my lungs and then it later spread into my skin and my blood vessels. Um, 
So I've already surpassed those ultimate milestones. So now I'm kind of in a bit of a no man's land and I'm not completely unique. There are lots of people out there that do massively surpass their milestones. But how do you keep your shit together when you're living effectively with a death sentence over you? Well, I don't look like that. Well, I like to think I don't. Sometimes maybe first thing in the morning I might look like it, but I don't look like somebody that is um, is living under a death sentence. But then you are as well. And this is what people fail to remember is that actually everybody does die. We all are living with a death sentence. But how do you keep it together when yours is more tangible, I suppose? Like a, a doctor has said, well, we, you know, we don't think that you'll live forever, you know. Um, well, again, it's about being realistic about it because worrying about it is not going to change that outcome. And sitting there and thinking, and really like shitting yourself about the fact that you're going to die one day isn't going to get you anywhere because everybody else is doing that really um in the sense that yeah well no, no one's getting out of here alive kind of thing so what is the point in putting all that energy into worry worry makes you feel stress stress isn't good for your immune system which then doesn't help you to deal so well with the side effects of chemotherapy so it's a bit, bit of a vicious circle um so i try, try to keep on top of it by being pragmatic about everything i suppose and dealing what with what information i've got at the time and initially in diagnosis every appointment i went to was shit news you know unfortunately really aggressive cancer really crap survival rates um really underfunded research because of crap survival rates not great in pregnancy um the treatment you need probably would harm your baby therefore you, you can't have the treatment if you're pregnant all bad news and then once my baby was born you know the cancer then we discovered had spread as well so it was one bad bit of news to another and it was the literal interpretation of being kicked while you're down but you just have to keep going because the alternative is to crawl under your duvet and give up but then you might crawl under that duvet and you might lie under that duvet for another five years and all you've done is lie under a duvet for five years when actually you could have been out living your life for those five years and I think that's how I've tried to attack it and I'm not saying that's what you should be doing if you're watching this and you're under the duvet I'm not saying that because not everybody's equipped to think like me and I know that and I don't want to sit here in a preachy position telling you what you should and shouldn't be doing I'm just telling you that's how I've looked at it and I feel grateful for the fact that I look at it that way and I'm supported to be able to look at things that way. Um, I tried to be I'm not going to sit here and tell you I have the most healthiest lifestyle in the world because I don't. I love chocolate. Um, I drank for the first couple of years after, after while I was having chemotherapy, but I stopped because I got so heavily involved in going to the gym that the two just didn't really work. And the hangovers as I'm getting older as well, were getting horrendous. So I don't drink. Um, but I eat, I eat loads of crap and um, but I do exercise a lot and I think you know I just try to put my body in the best position it can be and to deal with any of the fallout of everything so that's sort of something again that I can control myself and some people will switch to radical diets and some people will um, take lots of supplements and but that's 
and pe people go, oh, can you believe that she's tried to cure herself by eating dandelion? And I mock that all the time, as you well know. But at the same time, I always caveat that with, if that makes you feel in control, then it's brilliant because that is something you don't have when you've got cancer is control over that. But if you can control other things that make you feel good, like your diet, your exercise and um, the people you surround yourself with is absolutely brilliant. All of that is about taking charge of what you can control. And, you know, I've literally met people in oncology that won't even buy a pair of new shoes because they think they're not going to get the wear out of them. And, and, and it's, it's hilarious and sad in equal measure because but what if you do get the wear out of those shoes and you're basically already telling yourself that you're going to die? And I feel like the way that I live my life now is to tell myself I will live till I'm 100. And then if I don't, no one's going to come back and say, no one's going to come and stand over my grave and go, hmm, she was wrong. She didn't live till she was 100. She's got egg on her face. Because what kind of a prick would that make you for doing that? So the main thing is, it's just to keep going. That's the way I see it. And it's working for me at the moment, which is wonderful. Uh, but I do have days where I feel rubbish. I'm not a robot. There are days where I think, oh, poor me, this is horrendous. Oh, it's really sad. And then I just bounce back because I don't want to spend all that time wallowing. So my main thing from this is let go of the things you cannot control and take control of the things that you can. That is how you live with the death sentence. Thank you very much, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you've got anything else you want me to talk about, just keep those questions coming in. Uh, it's brilliant. So thank you and thanks for listening. Bye.